As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings Just on. Next, uh, they can feel like bathing suits. One day, you know, one day. <laughs> Finish it up. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the hell? What, what they show is, is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So, <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Thursday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Sheila Kapadia here. We've got some Eagles news to talk about. Sheila. Former Eagle Michael Jaquette signing with the New York Giants. What do you make of it? Uh, that did actually come across my timeline, and I thought the name sounded familiar. So, yeah, I, th- I figured we would be talking about that today. There's one thing There's one thing to know about Michael Jaquette. Very long arms. Long yes, that, that was you were pointing that out Borderline uh, way too often for my liking. Yes, <laughs> That's right. Uh, Zach, how are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> Doing all right. Doing all right. Looking forward to this podcast. All right. Yeah, two well, members that are a little banged up of the pot, yeah. for the on the pot. Yeah, Zach and Marissa. Marissa done. Not Playing she's her. not all she's not all the way done, but she's yeah, this is her this is her yeah. flu game, I think yeah. we could call it. Uh later in the show we're going to talk to Seth Emerson who covers Georgia for the Athletic. He's going to tell us a little bit about what are you laughing at? What are you talking about? We just talked to Seth Emerson. We recorded the second half of the podcast first, yeah. and now we're talk- doing the first half of the. I don't know why you did hello everybody when we're thirty minutes into a conversation. But that's all right. not how the episode is going to be laid listen, keep out. Try- keep trying to deceive the listeners. The listeners, don't worry. I will tell you the I'm truth. I'm not deceiving them. I'm t- I-, I could have said we already talked to him, but we're still going to do this part of the show first in the timeline of the episode. I mean, I got nothing to hide. That's we'll not talk, true. We'll, we'll talk to Seth Emerson. Uh, all right. But uh, before we do that, why don't we send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman for the latest on the moving and shaking Philadelphia Eagles. She'll just walk away. 
The Philadelphia Eagles signed cornerback James Bradbury, a 2020 Pro Bowler who was released from the New York Giants after the draft. Bradbury signs for a one-year deal that is worth up to $10 million. He will be the starting cornerback opposite Darius Slay uh, next season, or I should say this season. That's at news this point. to take Allen. <laughs> and also in Eagles news, Andy Weidel, the vice president of player personnel, completed his interview with the Pittsburgh Steelers, second interview for their vacant general manager job. So those are the the two big news items so far going on among the. Do you Eagles. feel like uh, you feel like interviews like that are like uh, surgeries where it's like someone reports like it went well, like uh, it was a successful surgery, it was a successful interview. Or, or maybe I don't know. I've I've had. Do you ever hear about interviews. bad interviews? Yeah, I've I, I want to hear about. Oh, you have? Yes. I, I, yeah. But like interviewed for a job, and you think it went bad? I feel like you'd be you'd sure. do a great job at that. I appreciate the confidence you have in me. I've okay. I've had I've had interviews that have not worked the way I've hoped they would. Right. So. I feel. Well, yeah, I haven't gotten every job that I've interviewed for, but I feel like my interviews, uh, I feel like generally the interviews have gone well. Interviews, you don't want to come across too strong in any direction. You really want to find that middle ground. You know, you don't want to be like, uh, you know, like you don't want to be like a bore. You don't want to be over the top. You don't want to try too hard to be funny. You know, you don't want to be too aggressive, but you want to ask questions. You want to be interested, but not too interested. It's really just about finding kind of don't go too far in any one direction. Uh, ask some questions. And I feel like that's all you need to do. When you said uh, you don't want to try too hard to be funny, Zach, it went through Zach's mind that that's why Bo's interview went badly, probably. <laughs> well, I yeah, we still, I think we have to dedicate a whole pod yes. to that. I'm very interested in that. Okay, well, we can talk about that another time. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, Mr. Bradbury and, uh, and the addition that, um, you know, fills an obvious hole for the Eagles. When Bradbury was released, everybody was pointing towards this as, as an easy uh, move, like this is definitely going to happen. And obviously the, uh, the contrarian in me thought that, that it was maybe too easy, that there would be other teams who would be willing to pay him a little bit more. Uh, maybe I believed the Eagles' nonsense about wanting uh, to see these young guys play uh, a little too I was much. I was going to say, I need to add an addendum to my, you know, it's a good problem to have is always means it's, it's a bad problem to have. Uh, let's add to that. We like our position group X maybe mm. more than the, you guys or the <laughs> public true. do. But means well, safety is the one they that they're about. They, they hate yeah. their position group and they're absolutely <laughs> going to make a move there. Uh, they just haven't decided which one yet because we've we've seen that with wide receiver and cornerback, right? Haven't, didn't they say that about both those? Yes, they did. Okay. Well, Although, they also said about safety, so that could okay. mean they so still need to do Jimmy something Kemsky at safety. was writing about today. Yeah. Jesse Bates, come That's on right. down. And Zach so mentioned go. that to us too, also yes. via text. He, he thought that that could be a He was all over that. Uh, yeah. I, I have a, this is, uh, my, my initial take on this is, is Jonathan Gannon related. But before we get to that, I want to get a little bit more on, on Bradbury, the player shield. What can, well, what, I would, can you uh, tell us about what you know? I, I just want to jump in real quick, though, yeah. in terms of, of what you were saying about this being the obvious fit and, and maybe you didn't expect it to happen. If, if Bradbury was cut on March 10th, I don't think he's on the Eagles right now. I think this is a, a situation where, first off, post-free agency and post-the draft, a lot of teams have filled those holes at cornerback. There aren't a lot of teams looking for starting cornerbacks at this price. And then second, a, a lot of teams don't have cap space this time of year either. The reason why Bradbury was cut by the Giants is they literally needed to pay their 
first round picks, well, right? No, they could have. I mean, they could have. They could have paid him the money and restructured the contract. It's it's a it's a it's an ownership decision to be cheap, not a not a cap okay. decision. But. Okay. Well, yeah, and also an indication that they're not really looking to. They don't Push care about. The, they're right. not looking to be yeah. a strong team this year either. You know. So, sure. yeah. yeah. So I think this is this is a, a situation where it benefited the Eagles that that they that they had cap space that they had a need. I don't think the market is what it would have been for him on March 15th for those mm-hmm. reasons that I said. And he re- he retweeted a thing uh, last week, I think, that, that Torrey Smith had tweeted about how they the Giants were doing him dirty by by releasing him this late in the game. Ooh, interesting. I like yeah. that. So maybe that's part, maybe he was motivated to stay in the division. I think well, probably just the money was right. But Well, yeah. I mean, you usually, I don't know, I would have to look this up. So I'm going to say it. And if it's inaccurate, you know, <laughs> someone can call me out. But I think typically, you know, mid-May... Seven and a half million dollars is like a lot of money. To, yeah. like you typically don't see yep. guys signing for seven and a half million dollars even on a one-year deal in mid-May. Not that it never happens, but it is different than we talked about Steven Nelson before. That was what two, two and a half million dollars, right, on a one-year, uh, on a one-year deal there. So yeah, you do look at it and wonder, man, the Giants really couldn't find like any type of trade for uh, for James right. Bradbury. That that was a little bit. Surprising, but all right. You you wanted a little scouting report. I was doing some digging. Uh, I usually don't like to prep, uh, especially you know May nineteenth pods. I mean, I'm not prepping yeah, I mean, at all for those uh, generally. But uh, I figured you might ask me this because you asked me it last time and I had no answer. So I actually did some prepping. <laughs> About him, about Bradbury, or about somebody. Yeah, else? no, no. You uh, literally asked me for a scouting report on Bradbury, and my answer was he was good two years ago, which doesn't help anybody help anybody out. So I didn't watch the film on Bradbury from last yeah. year. I'm thinking maybe at some point, if I'm feeling motivated, I'd like to fire up a little Reddick, Reddick Bradbury and a Kaiser mm. White film. You know? Are you doing the uh, Are you doing the the Bible again? Mm, that's a the great Kapa- question. The Kapadia guy. It's a great question, a very complicated question, but let's move on. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, I want to know, like, because if, if you're doing it, you got to get yeah. started. Like, well, that's your yeah. summer. What about your vacation? You would think so. Thank you for looking out for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, all right, Bradbury, uh, the, the positives, okay. Uh, turns 29 in August. Darius Slay was 29. Well, Dar- it's a one year deal. Yeah. I mean, uh, okay. Darius Slay was 29 when they traded for him, right? Yeah. All right, so it's not a positive, but it's not a negative. I mean, twenty nine yeah, is fine. I mean, fine. that's just down the middle. Yeah, yeah that's not. Yeah. Uh, very durable. Has played at least thirteen games every season. Has missed at least thirteen games. Has missed five games in six seasons. So that's always nice, especially at like a, a position you know, like, like you don't want your cornerback depth to get tested. It doesn't mean he's not going to get injured, but uh, you know, certainly that's an area where man, a, a starter goes down and all. Well, we want sudden, them to get tested like for COVID, but you just well. If they want to, I don't yeah. think they're. I don't think they're really worried about that either. <laughs> if we're being honest here, uh, ball skills <laughs> outstanding. Uh, Eighty-two passes defended over the last six seasons. Second to I'll give Dave Zangaro, I believe, tweeted this out. Uh, second to only Darius Slay. So the Eagles. Have the, if if you like a little passes defended, Eagles have the top two guys over the last six seasons. Uh, Fifteen interceptions. That's good. That ranks uh, tied for fifteenth over that span. I like this stat. He, he forced an incompletion on 16% of the targets thrown his way last year, uh, which was tied for seventh. And when we talk about scheme, obviously Eagles, we think, are going to be a little bit more zone-heavy. I think that's Jonathan Gannon's preference. Uh, he for, Bradbury forced an incompletion 12% of the time when the ball was thrown his way in zone coverage, and that was tied for first 
with Jalen wow. Ramsey. So, uh, I mean, listen, all cornerback, these yeah. cornerback numbers, take them with a grain of salt for a couple of reasons. One, because the charting is inconsistent. And two, because it can be very volatile because the guy does it one year doesn't mean he's going to do it uh, the next year. But those are the encouraging numbers. I think we can say he has good ball skills uh, with his body of work, which, which is obviously nice. Now, the negatives, there were a couple here that surprised me. Missed 14 tackles last year. Tied for fourth most among cornerbacks, had the worst missed tackle percentage in the NFL among cornerbacks who played 50% of the snaps. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Again, like some of this stuff, it's like, all right, if a guy just runs past you, it doesn't count as a missed tackle. But if you get right. a hand on him and he runs away, it does. So uh, that that's brings to mind where, the the famous uh, tiff between Jimmy Kemsky and Darius Slay in his first uh, interview with the, the Eagles media. Oh, Jimmy okay. calling him out on being a bad tackler. He said, well, what are you talking about? Okay. Watch the film. Uh, how would you say he's been as a tackler with the Eagles? I think he's been fine. He's been fine. It's not. Yeah, I don't think it's a strength. I, I don't think, think he's been. He a, uh, yeah, do. I don't think he's been a, a noticeably terrible tackler. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, other negative: eight touchdowns allowed last year, tied for most among all cornerbacks in mm. the NFL. So yeah, I think we can say, and I think you guys wrote it up in your blueberry piece uh, <laughs> that you referred to Dan Duggan saying Axel. that. Bradbury had a little bit of an Achilles injury, right, yes. last year. Uh, so, you know, may- maybe that uh, that was a factor there. So, Right, know, it's, like, just- uh, it's like, is it a good thing that, that there's an explanation that uh, maybe for his play to drop that he had an Achilles injury and played through it? Or is it a bad right. thing that he's still got a lingering Achilles injury? Wait, he's got an Achilles like, injury? Right, Wait, like- oh, oh, that's why they couldn't trade it. Trade right. it. No. Uh, I mean, I think you're looking at a guy who you would hope the floor would be kind of what Steven Nelson gave you last year. And I do think there's a legitimate ceiling. I mean, he's playing yeah. on a one-year deal, so he should be motivated. He's not, uh, he's not especially old. He's been durable, like we said he's got ball skills he's going to be playing with a good uh supporting cast you know not great safeties but you just look at that defense now a lot of good players on that defense so to me it is pretty much a no no brainer signing i mean kudos to uh howie roseman and the eagles i think it's a deal you do every time it's a one-year deal you're not locking yourself into it long term uh bo as you wrote you're trying to get uh, an assessment of Johnny Gantz. I don't know if that's how they look at it. I, I think maybe they're just trying to acquire good players, but uh, I oh, do, yeah. that, that, that's how like, I'm kind of looking at it. Like, yeah, this right. better be a better defense now. So good ball skills. Tackling was a bit of an issue last year. Let's hope the Achilles uh, is not an issue for him. And I think it's a good signing. Yeah, the Gannon thing is is my big takeaway, and not that it's like the organization itself trying to decide if Gannon is good, but that it's going to tell us the same thing it tells us about Jalen Hurts theoretically that like the Eagles have given Jalen Hurts everything they think he might need this offseason with all the upgrades they've made, you know, getting getting AJ Brown. There are there should be no excuses this year um, if Jalen Hurts can't you know make this a, a good offense. That's that's what they want to evaluate. And uh, we, we should get answers on that this season. I think the same thing is is the case on defense. Uh, you know, they have upgraded at every level. We'll see if they do anything else at safety, but like the, the the defensive talent is much better than it was last season. And, you know, Jalen Hurts was better relative to the league than Jonathan Gannon was last season. You know, you're talking about like, what, the, the 15th best quarterback or something? The Eagles were 25th in defensive DVOA. And so if, if uh, Jonathan Gannon can't produce a top, like, I don't know, top 12 level defense with, with this talent... I think that's a pretty big indictment, right? I th- I think you would you would hope that uh, the the upside is there for this to be a pretty good unit. 
I would agree. This defense has significantly improved. All, th- all, th- all three levels, frankly. You know, the interior of the defense with Jordan Davis, uh, the edge rushers with Hassan Reddick. You get Kaiser White and N'Kobe Dean. You upgraded your second cornerback. Safety is really the only big question mark now. Uh, I was not at media availability yesterday. You were, Bo. You heard Marcus Epps speak. I understand he said he's ready to like step in as the starter. Uh, but still, What's, that, What else are you going to say? That, to me, that's the— Avante Maddox yeah, also that's, said that, too. I, I, I'm more I'm, worried about Anthony Harris than I am about Marcus Epps. Is that right? Okay. I think Anthony Harris is like a competent, like, replace, like uh, above replacement. ascending yeah. player and a descending player. Uh, but uh, but when you talk about range, that that is a valid question. I, this 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 defense is significantly better. It's it's versatile. It's flexible. There are no excuses here for Jonathan Gannon. Uh, and and the other part too is is Vegas is is catching up. Vic Tafer had a piece up today with the season win totals. The Eagles went up from eight and a half to nine and a half, right? So, oh, see, um, we should have gotten that money. Yeah, so that's both Bradbury. It, it was. After I think the it's Bradbury the Bradbury signing friends bump, but it was also the draft weekend, and so uh, this is a team that that has significantly more juice than at the end of the season. And this this defense has them. If if you wanted them to focus on improving the defense this offseason, Howie Roseman did that. I think they are quickly becoming a very trendy pick, and it's, for a lot yeah. of a lot of reasons that I look at when I I look at teams. All right, who am I going to pick? you know, this year, who can be better than they were last year. Like they've got a lot of things working in their favor from schedule uh, to the fact that they weren't great in one score games uh, last year. Uh, DVOA, I think loves them. I I mm-hmm. think Aaron Schatz tweeted something out. I heard Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com. I think he was, you know, say he, he, he admits he usually likes right. the Eagles, but I think he was saying he wouldn't be surprised if they get up around uh, what 11 or 12 wins this year. The so, pendulum is swinging too much that's i need to now be the contrarian in the other way it's 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 concerning me well it, yeah it, it's very much flipped to you know i wrote the r i wrote the column uh before the draft and before the aj brown signing about how this was kind of like a team that was stuck in the middle and look at what they've done you know since then they've traded for aj brown they had a draft that was kind of universally applauded they added a number one corner in uh, james bradbury and now things have flipped a little bit where i think there are there are legitimate uh, expectations for this team. And I agree with you, Zach. I mean, that that list you just like rattled off, I mean, that's like a legit upgrade on defense. I, I mean, just Hassan, just Hassan Reddick and James Bradbury, like at the right. beginning of, like if we had this exercise in January and we said, we you know, they'll just add Hassan Reddick and James Bradbury, we probably would have been like, oh, that's that's pretty good. You know, that's, a, that's like a, a double-digit sack guy and a, you know, kind of a fringe one-two corner with Bradbury, both guys under 30. And so then you add to that the other moves that they've made and the potential upside with a guy like Jordan Davis or even N'Kobe Dean. And man, there is a lot to work with. I mean, top 12, yeah, like 12 to 15 to me. Like if you can't get to 12 to 15 with this talent, you're yeah. not a, you're not a good defensive coordinator. Like I don't need to see a year three, anything. And I think there is legitimate upside for it to be like a top seven or eight defense. If, you know, if there's the narrative that Jonathan Gannon is a very good coach who was, you know, 
just that was his first time as a defensive play caller. He didn't have all the pieces he wanted. He was yeah, figuring right. it out on the fly. Like uh, if you believe in that narrative, if that's true, think, we're gonna find out. Right? Yeah, right. we're gonna find out. I, I, you know, I mean, obviously injuries will factor them in, but I do think the talent is there. I, I will go through uh, at some point and maybe rank the talent uh, as I see it. Maybe after Bo does that uh, NFL Bible for me with all the projected starters, I can go through and look at them and see where they rank. I'm, trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to make you not do the work. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to look out for your livelihood, for your, your I always, work-life I, balance. I always like, uh, like a, a defensive coordinator who can do more with less. And then when you give him more, you're like, oh baby, this is a you know, this is a great more with more. Yeah, yeah, it does yeah. more with more. I didn't know if that was so. You the like same a thing good defensive coordinator, but... basically. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of guys who like uh, I don't know which one. I, I think we mentioned. Did someone mention Gus Bradley when we were doing the mm. schedule thing? Like yeah. to me, Gus Bradley coaches to the exact talent level okay. of his defense. Like whatever you know, if the Colts have the 13th most talented defense in the NFL, they're going to rank 13th in defensive DVOA this year. That's how I've always. That's how I've looked at Gus Bradley uh, for a while. So yeah, we'll find out with uh, Well, Gaines. I think that Gus Bradley uh, mentioned is, is uh, brings up like one of the complaints about Gannon is that it's, it wasn't like the, it, it, it wasn't just that like the defense wasn't good last year. It's that they so rarely did anything different. Like even in the playoff game, you're just going out there and rolling out the same stuff against Tom Brady. Like, uh, it seemed like they were the 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 uh, adjustments were few and far between, and so this idea that they're going to be this this multiple defense that's going to roll through all these different uh, fronts and coverages and and make use of its talent at every level, um, you know, there's there's no evidence of that from last year at least. Well, I I think statistically they did make some changes in the second half of the season. I mean, they definitely played more uh, man coverage. They played yeah, that's more. True. Uh, cover one, but no, I mean, I, I generally agreed with you, especially against good quarterbacks. I mean, if you're playing cover one against, you know, the other team's third right. string quarterback in the D we've had that conversation a million times. Uh, we're not going to give you a lollipop, uh, I've for got. that. You need to show me set, you know, yet eight or nine opportunities against a mediocre to above average quarterback. And you didn't, you didn't give me one above average defensive performance in any of those games. So now we're going to see a lot of bad quarterbacks. That's what I was going to say. I was, yeah. Right. I, I was about to say that this schedule is full of a lot of uh, <laughs> mediocre quarterbacks, right? I mean, outside of Green Bay, Dallas twice, um, maybe Arizona, if you, you know, if you think Kirk Cousins gives you that, that, you know, top of yeah, that he's top above half that league. mark, I would say. Yeah, if, if, if you think Matt Carson Ryan. Wentz. Yeah, Matt Ryan. And if you think Carson Wentz can be there. No, but no. other than that. No, I do not. Um, do you yeah. think Trevor Lawrence will be? Where, where do you think Trevor Lawrence will Maybe rank, he makes the rank in like a EPA per play, QBR, DVOA, whatever you want to look at? What do you think? How bullish are you on Dougie P? Just like like the jump to Dougie P with Trevor Lawrence. Why didn't they draft an offensive lineman first overall? That was like, that, listen. That's what why are they, they give doing? Them a D, a C or a D? Yeah, like, like it's their only it's job. Yeah. Well, uh, Jimmy Kemsky has a great trade proposal that that he put okay. in a story last week. Jalen Rager for K, uh, I'm working on the pronunciations this summer. K. Levon Chasen. Um, and that's, that's someone, you know, a first round pick the same year who, who doesn't have a starting role now that they drafted Trayvon Walker. There's right? no way. I mean, I, it's a good, I, I like the, Doug's uh, trash for trash. There's no way Doug is going to, is going to like fully accept <laughs> the, the, this was the guy you wanted blame and trade for Jalen Rager. No, no chance. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. 
Yeah. Um, so so uh, Deniz uh, put me on the spot because I had I had written that. He said he he uh, DM'd me and asked me who do you believe in more, Jalen Hurts or J- or Jonathan Gannon? What do you guys? How would you answer that? Well, if this what, is uh, if this is the year that we find out about these guys, who do you have more faith in? Jalen Hurts uh, or, or I, I would Gannon. say Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, I haven't, other than the league's opinion of Jonathan Gannon, my eyes haven't seen much uh, to suggest, you know, that he would make it. Now, again, he could. It was his first year, but I haven't seen, you know, for the reasons I just pointed out right. enough to believe that. I mean, Jalen Hurts was 17th in EPA per play last year. That's only yeah. passing place. So if he's 17th as a passer, and then, you know, one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL, like that gives you a pretty high floor. Now you're surrounding him with better talent than you did before. Now there's a chance that he regresses or declines, but uh, I would say he's opened my eyes more uh, than Gannon. I believe in players more than coaches, right? And so mm, we know that's so, right. So, nice. so I look at this. As are you Jeff saying, Stoutland you know, or uh, Jason Kelsey, Zach? Who do you believe in more? Jason Kelsey, yes. So, how about Jeff Stoutland or Brett Toth? Jeff Stoutland. <laughs> I'd rather have Jeff Stoutland. Ah, what? But, Toth isn't wow. working hard? He's Nothing. Not, he hasn't given him credit. No, so, so you're disrespecting I, the troops? Definitely not doing that. Um, so, I look at it this way, okay? Uh, do I? Wow, Zach am I, the army. It's on the record. <laughs> never. I I have the utmost respect for our armed forces. Wow. Um, Elijah yeah. Riley catching a stray. The uh, if the question is, do I have more confidence in Jalen Hurts making that leap or the defense making the leap? I have more confidence in the defense making the leap. So I I would frame it more around the defense than around Hurts. Yeah, I think my my uh, cop out answer was that I think like I have more confidence in Jalen Hurts to be competent to be like top half of the league, but I have more, I would, I would believe it more that Jonathan Gannon becomes like this defense turns into a top five defense. than Jalen hurts becomes a top five quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I believe in the way you framed it. I think that's probably, I think that's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else is going on? We, we got to like, we got like eight minutes to vamp before uh shield has a call with Angelo. Uh, I have a, uh, you know, I was thinking, uh, I, I just took a note down before the show, the question about what would you be like a top draft pick in? Was that the question we got a while ago? What was it? Something like Something that. Something like that. Oh yeah. And a crowd walking. Yeah. I, yeah. I figured out what it would be for me. It's, okay. it, it's given the half wave to the construction worker as you go by. You know, they, they wave yes. you through. You're like, what do I do? You know, what do I do? Do you give you a big wave? Do you just both ignore each other? Big, big wave. You're just sitting yeah. there like, like you a keep, goofus, just you, like you a keep child your hand waving on a fire the wheel. Truck. You extend the, you know, the fingers and it's uh, okay. just that half. Oh, wave. I, I, I do it with the driving uh, arm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I keep yeah, one yeah. hand on the wheel and the other hand yeah. I put up. Oh, yeah, that's no, what no. I would do. No, that's, see that. Well, is, that I guess is so a full it's wave. situational. That's if the full the hands wave. off okay. the wheel. You're doing a full. That I would consider. Okay, that so uh, now, how do you feel about somebody lets you in? You're, you know, you're moving lanes. You give them the. I mean, I exaggerate that to the nth degree. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> like, I very much want them to times, know. Like right. you just saved my life. Right. Like you deserve an award. Yeah. yeah my fingers aren't long enough here, right? If I if I just extended the fingers, I I don't know if the construction yeah, worker would really appreciate. It. Come on, that. we're yeah. talking about so. like degrees of like half inches on <laughs> finger length. I, mean, yeah. I don't think that's moving the needle. Uh, we we did pull out the the call for uh for quail bag questions to get a bird and edgewise, but 
then the Bradbury signing happened, and so we're gonna we're gonna save those questions, put them in the queue for next week. Now, Zach asked a valid question, I thought, in Slack about when the Ospreys are going to be in. You were very dismissive. I think you told him to settle down. I mean, we, we yeah, I might... I mean, Zach and I are working on another story, and he starts the week with, with when are the Ospreys? Like, can Listen, I... Listen, this is can prime I just... time. This week would have been a great Ospreys week, I thought, you know, as we're I think you learned that the Ospreys ideas. take a lot of work, and yeah. it's... it's Okay. We got to begin that work, Marissa. And well, I. You, ju- you just said I might be on vacation. So who yeah, knows? you'll come back for one night only for an Osprey's appearance. I, think uh, I had that. I had such I high hopes for that. this week. I was so ambitious about this week, and I got I, I get COVID on Tuesday, and now it's like yeah. my week is just knocked yeah. out. But like I started the week, you know, I send that slack to you guys Monday morning. Uh, you I, love I, that. I, You're ready to go. I got yeah. off. I I got off. I don't a call. think Paul appreciates that. For my, I got off a call with Tuesday him. with. Uh, <laughs> I got off a call Tuesday with with Bo and our editor, and I turned to Emily and I say. I I feel bad because like I I I came in with like fifteen things that I I, I want to write here and like uh, and Bo's and Bo's having such a more productive week than I am this week so well that's never a good sign yeah well I mean you do have COVID so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like just sit, sit, sit back well watch some uh, watch some West Wing you know recover. Uh, give treat yourself, yourself a little bit. That's what self care. Yeah, self care. No, I I'm eager to get back maybe, to writing. Maybe, I have... Well, so you're so you are it's you are sequestered away from the rest of the the family at the moment, yes. right? Yes. Sounds I to me like the perfect oh, time to I pull up that, that Belichick Saban documentary and have a little me time. <laughs> uh, no, I I've been uh, I've been reading some. <laughs> But I, oh, I don't speaking have... of Saban, Marissa wanted us to talk oh, about yes. Saban Jumbo Fisher. We got we yeah, got so Jimbo, Jimbo, sure. not Jumbo, Jumbo, Jumbo Fisher. <laughs> Look, that's what I call Jumbo him. Elliott. Uh, it, Jimbo Fisher's press conference was epic, right? If if you haven't watched it, I recommend everyone. It only took ten minutes. Uh, Jimbo was coming at you, right? Um, mm. Now, Nick's. Wow. <laughs> coming was, at you. was 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 coming at Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban's the better coach. I mean, there's uh, Nick Saban I don't think is that's a hot take. yes, but uh, for for Nick Saban to to complain that he had the number two class in the country and the number one class was buying the players, right? <laughs> to me, that's just sour grapes, right? And uh, it's probably true, but you know, I mean, but um, yeah, I listen. I don't. Yeah, I think Jimbo was correct. I don't think. Let's yeah. look at Alabama's recruiting practices and say. Yeah, oh, sure. I mean, yeah, they're paying people too, but at least there's also like a, a reason people want to go there. I mean, I mean, what's the expression, right? Don't hate the player, hate the game, right? Like, oh. like NIL has allowed for this to happen. So, uh, if 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 Texas A and M, if they have a collective, right, uh, that are paying the players within you know the 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 rules that are permitted, then look, that's 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 the game they're in, and the reality is 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 like from I, I mean i don't think i'm breaking news here either players have often been paid right it's just legal now um so uh, how dare you suggest <laughs> in the ncaa that players are getting paid so i i i uh but the sec is fun that's that's my biggest takeaway here right that game is october 7th i believe that's gonna be appointment viewing texas a&m alabama you have you, you're pro jimbo Sheil? Uh Well, Jimbo employs uh, an Indian analytics staffer who I like. So, yeah, that would be why I'm pro Jimbo. Friend of the uh, hashtag Sports Indian. So there you I go. Got nothing, I got nothing else to really, you know, go off of. But Okay, fair enough. Yeah. 
All right, that'll do it uh, for this part of the episode. <laughs> glad, we, glad we got that in there. Shield's got to talk to Angelo, so uh, we'll take a little break, and then we'll come back. I got to talk to the- Angelo for a story I'm working on. I'm not ditching the pod for a radio hit, you know? I mean, you. I just you, I mean, you I said you have nothing that. to hide. Yeah, I would do that. And so I just yeah. want people to know that you're talking Angelo. Okay. You didn't say okay. Angelo who? You don't know Angelo who? Angelo's Pizza. Uh, so, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you that we love you, but there's going to be the Seth Emerson interview on the other side. So let's, we'll, we'll give you the end of this because this has been recorded second, but it's going to be presented to you first. So, uh, for Zach, Sheil, Marissa, and all the troops, uh, I'm (laughs) Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Please enjoy the Seth Emerson interview about the Georgia Eagles And uh, as always, we love you. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. Well, we are excited now to talk to Seth Emerson, who covers Georgia for The Athletic. And of course, we have a lot of Georgia connections now with the Eagles, with the additions of Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean. Seth, uh, thank you for taking time. No problem. No problem. I, You all were talking before you went on the air about the Philly special, and I was actually trying to remember which predated that, the, the Philly special, them using that, or... Does anybody remember Georgia played Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl uh, 2017 season? So January 1st, 2018, and Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield ran that play against Georgia at the end of the half. Well, there you so go. It, so it would have predated first. it then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So did, did the Eagles steal that from Oklahoma, or was it the other way around? They Oklahoma. stole from Clemson, actually, I, I believe. Clemson had run that play. Shield wrote a story about Press Taylor. Uh, and press and they they ran that play the previous season is is, is that right, Shiel? Uh I don't remember anything I wrote really prior to the last two weeks, so that does uh, that does ring a bell. But yeah, I think there were different variations of it. Uh, I think that that yeah, I think you're right. I think it was the Chicago Bears and Clemson were the two that they pointed to, but it could have been the the same player one uh, very similar there, or, or maybe Oklahoma just didn't do a good enough job of marketing it like the uh, Eagles did. Uh, well, it so was always successful okay. whenever it was used. That's the point. Yes. Until Nick Sirianni tried to do it this past <laughs> season as an homage, and and that yeah. was a uh, that was a disaster. Uh, so so Seth, I want to start with uh, with Jordan Davis. Let, do you have a good uh, story of like his enormous size, or or comparing him to somebody, or just like seeing him in person? Uh, what that has been like for you? Well. I don't know if you guys have done any in-person availability with him before, but the uh, Georgia communications people always had to 
with just the screen behind him. They had to move it up <laughs> so that uh, he would, you know, the, so you could get the sponsors yeah. in there. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's it. Honestly, what stands out, everyone always liked to talk about how big he was and, and kind of just make light of that or just kind of. But but it was to me, it was always like what he did with that size. He, he had the athletic ability to run down quarterbacks uh, when they were scrambling. There's a famous clip of him doing that. I think it's against a UAB quarterback this past season. And, you know, honestly, like I, I've seen lots of big nose tackles. He's not the first really big man to play that position. What makes him a difference is what he does with it. And he's got athleticism. Um, plus, he's got personality with it, like a great personality that, uh, like, as long as the NFL doesn't ruin him, um, he'll, uh, you know, he'll he'll be somebody that, you know, I don't know if he'll be this good enough to be like the face of a franchise, but he's he's got that type of personality. What about his now you are the, the right person to ask for this. I mean, we've uh, spent many podcast minutes talking about uh, Jordan Davis's usage at Georgia, both before the draft. And then, of course, after the Eagles drafted him, I, I saw in the one piece you had written that he was used on 50, only 15.5 percent of third downs last season like you know just can you fill us in on what the truth is there was it scheme was it conditioning was it that games were out of hand like i i feel like there's been all these different theories where eagles fans are just trying to figure out on third down in the nfl is this guy going to be able to rush the passer uh, or not it was I, maybe there's something with conditioning like kirby smart has mentioned that he's got to get his conditioning up in the nfl but he only said that in the context of he knew he didn't need to do it at Georgia because partly scheme, but like Georgia had three defensive linemen picked in the first round of this draft. Right. Okay. They're going to have another one picked in the first round next year, Jalen Carter, who might be better than all of them. And so when you have those four, you're rotating them. You are taking Jordan Davis and Devontae White out on third down and having Trayvon Walker be essentially your one down lineman on a third down passing down situation. They were conserving Jordan Davis and to a certain extent, the other defensive linemen because they could, because they could afford to. Um, I think there was also some element of just, they were in a lot of blowouts and the less you're on the field and, and, you face this with a lot of defensive players at Georgia. The, the production just wasn't there because there weren't as many plays to be made. They didn't play as many snaps. They were winning so many games and blowouts that they were resting their guys. And, and there was actually that frustration from Georgia fans. A lot of Georgia fans wanted players in general, including on offense, to play more so they could pad their stats. And you know, Jordan Davis was part of that. I, I think there was one game – I forget which one it was, but it was early this season, early last season, where I think he played nine snaps. He just basically didn't play after midway through the second quarter because wow. I think it was the Vanderbilt game because Georgia was ahead like 35 nothing in the first quarter. Um, Georgia played to – they played the long game with their guys rather than the award game. And it ended up paying off and getting them a national championship, and it ended up paying off and getting these guys to be – high draft picks, but it, it didn't get them awards. As a follow-up to that, 
we heard throughout the pre-draft process about this Georgia scheme, right? And and you mentioned those 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 three D linemen in the first round, including the number one pick. None of them prolific sack producers. And then you see in Kirby in in Kirby Smart's time there, no double-digit sack producers. And then you yeah. see Nicobe Dean getting, I think, six and a half sacks, right? So can you explain? what that Georgia scheme is to our listeners so they have a, a better understanding of what both Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean ran? It's it's less scheme. Like, they're trying to to make plays. They're, he t- he's been talking for several years about something they called havoc rate, where they were trying to increase their sacks and tackles for loss and, and turnovers forced. It's, it's more it goes back to there was so much talent that, a lot of these guys cancel each other out. Uh, I think Georgia's overall sack number as a defense was, I think it was second in the SEC to Alabama. It was just spread around so much. Um, you know, you started to see some signs that like if, if, if somebody had gotten more playing time, they would have racked up more sacks. Like the guy who ended up leading them in sacks uh, is a guy who's back this year named Robert Beal, who took over late in the season because uh, the, the guy before him was accused of, of rape, um, terrible situation. He, he left the team, and the next guy comes in, and he's, he ends up being the sack leader. Um, Jermaine Johnson famously transfers from Georgia to Florida State so he can get more exposure. Like he, he said, it wasn't so much scheme. Again, it was playing time. They're going to divvy up the snaps among their edge rushers. And they, the same way they did with Jordan Davis and the D linemen, um, they don't do that with the secondary, but they do it with everyone in the front seven. And so it, they, they, these guys cancel each other out. And it worked out for Jermaine Johnson. He went to Florida State and he got exactly what he wanted. He didn't get a ring, but he got more exposure. Um, but kind of to the credit of the NFL people, they, they still found these guys at Georgia. They still looked at Trayvon Walker and said, we don't care about the production. Think like he could – he could have done a lot more if he played for somebody else that didn't have all that talent to spread around. Well, and I think that part of the part of the scheme thing and, and part of the selling point um, from the Eagles, if you sort of read between the lines and they, they maybe want to change what they do up front. There's a quote in your in your story. Uh, you have a profile on, on Jordan Davis from earlier in the season, uh, getting to know him from uh, Cole Kubelik. Is that his name? The, the SEC yeah, analyst? Yeah, yeah. Kubelik. And uh, I think it sort of sums up what, what uh, some Eagles fans, or at least some, some people in the front office, uh, are thinking. He says, when I say he impacts the game, it's not just eating up a double team. It's not just pushing the pocket. It's what he allows you to do from a personnel perspective. Uh, Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning, the, the defensive coordinator, can play different bodies that are more capable to defend other things because of what he does inside. And obviously, that works uh, in conjunction with N'Kobe Dean, who was undersized yeah. behind him. And that dynamic is now... Uh, they're, they're together now with the Eagles. Can you can you speak to that a little bit? Georgia was first or second nationally in run defense each of the past three years, uh, 2020 or 2019, 2020, 2021, four, first or second, not in the SEC, in the nation. And Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean are probably the two, again, the whole defense gets credit for it, but nose tackle and, and the top inside linebacker. Those were the two guys who were most responsible for it. Jordan Davis, as Kubelik was saying, as you were quoting there, is someone that you can kind of plug in the middle on those running downs, like very, you know, use more in those first and second running downs um, and know that 
you, they were not going to be able to run through him. They just were not. Um, and then Nicobe Dean was somebody who he didn't really need to clean up behind Jordan Davis, but he could clean up around the edges. Uh, in addition to the other guys that they had there, like Quay Walker, who was also a first round pick on the edge. Um, yeah. So, but those guys, Dean and, and Jordan Davis kind of gave Georgia a base to say, you're not going to be able to run on us and we're going to make you one dimensional. And then we can try and tee off on you in the pass game. Um, and, and yeah, those two guys were the main thrust of that. Does that mean that that translates to the NFL? Of course not, but uh, they were as good as anybody else was in college at doing it. What's Davis's personality like? I, I saw you, you put up the uh, a fun clip of him kind of conducting, uh, you know, yeah. the entire, uh, the, the marching band there, just from like what teammates and coaches and how fans respond to him. I mean, he seems like the kind of guy who could become a fan favorite here. Yeah, he's 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 not he's kind of happy go lucky, but in a you know uh, fun way, not a you know laugh at him. You're you're laughing with him, you know, you're smiling with him kind of way. Um, the, the conducting the band thing, um, he uh, at the end of the national championship um, when he was doing his Zoom presser, which thank God those are going away, but they were still doing Zoom pressers at that point. Um, he took a minute to thank the media and talked about how we are the direct connection to the fans. So we already loved them, but uh, <laughs> loved them even more after that. Yeah. Uh, he knows how to play the game. Up. That's good. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it was that kind of stuff. He's got that kind of personality. Nicobe Dean's uh, quotes are a little more bland, um, which is funny coming from a guy who's like, a 4.0 mechanical engineering student um, who's who get, you know, he's always on the Dean's list and getting these rewards for community service, whatever, but he wouldn't give us many good quotes. Um, but they named the list we, after him. Yeah. yeah exactly. She was, she was like looking at me cause he knew that I wanted to say something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. No, Davis will, Davis will be a guy that like you could probably, go to his locker and say, Hey, you got a minute. He'll always say yes. And, and he'll, he'll give you some good stuff. He won't, he won't throw anyone under the bus, but Zach uh, is very excited. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss army knife have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's talk about N'Kobe Dean then for a minute here because the, uh, uh, this is one of the great mysteries of the draft is either what did the Eagles know that the rest of the league didn't or, or, or I guess what did the rest of the league know that the Eagles didn't. Can you fill us in on what 
exactly you know about Dean's health and if Eagles fans should be concerned there? If if there was anything really bad to like red flags to, to cause him to drop like that, it had to have happened after he left Georgia because he was at Georgia for three years and he played in every single game. Um, he had labrum surgery after his sophomore year and set out pretty much all of spring practice of, of 2021, but he also wasn't the only one. Like there's, there's been a lot of labrum surgeries around here. Uh, I don't know if there's any reason for it or, or not, but he isn't the only one who had that. Um, Too many innings pitched. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he played through the season and, and I know there was some stuff about like, not working out at pro day or the combine, not doing the full stuff and, and everything, but there wasn't a hint of, of injuries with him. And, you know, they had, they had another inside linebacker, Quay Walker, like I said, who was a first round pick and another guy, Channing Tindall, who was a third round pick. So like they, they could have rested him if there was something going on there uh, right. during the year. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to, Look at it. I, there were a lot of all the Georgia people I knew were looking at it and watching him drop and saying, what what do they know that we don't like? What are these injury red flags? And, and if there was something that, you know, that has happened since January, that's one thing. But if they're talking about any long injury history or something, that's that's not the case. Now, what about what about Dean personality wise? Because in just in just like a couple uh, interactions with him and just, you know, uh, seeing some stuff, he seems like the coolest guy in the world. And, and the, the, the selling point from, uh, from people on the Eagles was that on this defense full of alphas, he was, you know, the alpha, he was the leader of all those guys. What, what, what can you tell us about his personality? Yeah, there's the famous, um, I think I keep saying the word famous, sorry. These are things that are famous around Jordan. That's all right. Yeah. Six months, but, um, a clip during the national championship game, where Channing Tindall, who I just mentioned was a third round pick, um, was in the wrong spot. And this was it. They're backed up at the goal line, defending the goal line. And uh, Alabama goes back to pass and um, Tindall's in the wrong spot. And Dean goes over and bails him out, knocks the ball away, and then gets in his face right afterwards. And Tindall responds by just kind of looking away, but patting himself on the chest saying, yup, yup, I got it. My bad, my bad. And then the next play, Tindall makes the play to save them at the goal line. And that's kind of the sway that Dean had around the defense is that he's the kind of guy who could do that, who could get in a guy's face and everybody would listen. Um, There were so many similarities between his career and his personality and Roquan Smith. Uh, They missed each other by about a year. Uh, Roquan was the, the alpha, the inside linebacker, middle uh, captain of the defense of the 2017 team that went to the national championship game. And then the Kobe got here in 2019 and, and they pretty much had the same career. Both were second teamers who played little as freshmen and then became starters as sophomore and stars as juniors. And they, they both had the same uh, reputation around the program and around the defense, which is, you know, guys that were well-respected in the locker room and and not guys that would be reluctant to get in people's faces, but also wouldn't be locker room lawyer types. 
Yeah, Seth also posted a uh, great clip of, uh, I think it was Nicobe Dean, kind of out wide as a corner. Uh, I forget what game that was. Yes. I, I, maybe maybe Florida, I, I can't remember. And, yeah. you know, uh, against a comeback route, and he just jumps it and takes it yep. uh, to the house. So that, yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, there's so much to get uh, excited about with this guy. If you're an Eagles fan and have been watching their linebackers, Seth, I just wanted to ask you, like, what have the, the like, what has draft season been like for you? Are we like the 400th interview you've had to do? I mean, you're just rattling off these names, and it's like, all right, that guy went to the Packers, that guy went to the Jaguars. Or is it just like every radio show, podcast with teams that drafted one of these guys? Are are you just like the go-to guy, and you're like, man, I got to regurgitate, you know, some some of these takes over and over again? It has to be like nuts to have this many guys uh drafted who you're you're like the expert on there is there's a little bit of that going on uh it was it was a little bit frenetic uh doing the pre-draft write-ups uh on each of these players and uh you know i, I my, my metrics looked pretty good as a result uh so that was <laughs> nice Flex. yeah but uh now it's you know the the most surreal one was i don't know surreal is the right word but like the closer we got to the draft um, and the more it became evident that Trayvon Walker not only was going to be a top five pick, but could be the number one pick. It was like, Oh crap. I need to go do a like definitive feature on him because we never did one when he was actually (laughs) at Georgia because he was just one of very good players. Like we were all racing to do Jordan Davis stories. Like I did my Jordan Davis takeout like two or three times because he was the face of the defense. He was the one everybody loved. Um, may have done a Nicobe Dean story at some point. Uh, there were other guys. But then Trayvon Walker was kind of the one that we always knew he was good. And then he's about to be the number one overall pick. And I'm like, oh, no. I, I raced down to his hometown <laughs> and made sure I, I got at least some scene piece story on on this guy. That Again, you're speaking you know, Zach's language. George's, yeah, he became George's first number one overall pick since Matt Stafford. So – it's just that that's what kind of year it was is the guy who wasn't even first team all sec was the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Now a year ago, the Eagles took the Devonte Smith Landon Dickerson with their first two picks and, and Bo wrote a good piece on how the Eagles were, were getting some of that Bama culture in the building. Right. And so this year the Eagles draft uh, two of their top three picks from the national champions. What can the Eagles take from, what's worked in Georgia, whether it's defensively, whether it's behind the scenes in terms of their culture that, that will, that, that can make these two guys frontline guys for the team. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Cause I, I, I still think that culture, as far as it, how it translates to the NFL depends a lot on the person. Um, this is the same program that produced Isaiah Wilson and Deandre Baker, two first round picks who, clearly flamed out and just weren't ready. Um, the Isaiah Wilson thing shocked people here. He, he just seemed to flip personalities once he got the money. Uh, the DeAndre Baker thing, maybe not as much. Um, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, that would shock people if, if they weren't anything but good citizens and great clubhouse guys and tried to maximize their careers in the NFL. I mean, the best thing to happen for Nicobe Dean's NFL career maybe slip into the third round. Um, maybe he had it a little bit too comfortable uh, the whole time. He was a five-star recruit. Every school wanted him, and he was expected to be a star at Georgia, and he was. And you know, maybe this is something that spurs him. Um, 
but the culture would be kind of similar to Alabama. I mean, Kirby Smart came from Alabama and he brought that that culture with him. And it, it's, you know, it's go get the best players, but um, just kind of, you know, close out the outside noise. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but um, they also seek to produce NFL players and, and they're clearly doing that. All right, Seth, I've got one last thing for you, and I probably should have let off with this. But, uh, you know, speaking of speaking Zach's language, uh, you you were the the Peter King football story of the week in this week's Monday morning uh, quarterback for your story on Matt Luke and his decision to, right. to step away from the game. Metrics-wise, have you seen the Peter bump? <laughs> I, I, the, the, uh, I'm, I've, you know, I'm like a lot of us. I've got it right here on my screen. Um, I, I that story was doing well before that, so Flex. I don't know if I nice. call it the Peter bump, but it was no. That one came out of nowhere. Like that was. If anybody hasn't read, it, it's about an offensive line coach, former yep, Ole Miss head story. coach, quit. He quit to be with his family. He's 45 years old, same as me, and it, it resonated with a lot of people about basically the great resignation coming out of the pandemic people realizing that there's more to life than just your career and money and he's one of those people who made that call and um i i enjoy my time at the athletic and i like working here and i'm well compensated <laughs> but who wouldn't want to retire at age sure. 45 right well maybe you get maybe maybe once you've you know he hit he got his national championship you got your Peter King shout out, you know, you, maybe, maybe these metrics will be like, uh, you can, you can, you can, uh, you can call it, call it a career. I think the New York times wants me to turn out more, uh, if I want to get that next contract. I'm, I'm like Nicole Dean and Jordan Davis. I gotta, I gotta play for that next contract. Well said. There you go. I like that. Uh, well Seth, thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and giving us the insight on these, on these new Eagles. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks Seth.